0: Welcome to the Raise with Jesus podcast, I'm minutes every day where life of Jesus meets yours. In this episode, we have an interview with Christian Life Resources. Christian Life Resources is a an organization um, kind of founded and at least run by Pastor Bob Fleischman and Pastor Jeff Samuelson, and they also have a fantastic podcast, the Life Challenges podcast. So we've got an interview with them here today, and I encourage you to find the Life Challenges podcast in your podcast app check out the show notes for that link here goes uh, this is pastor Hagen with the raised with jesus podcast here with the, the team of podcasters <laughs> from christian life resources uh, we have pastor bob fleischman and uh, and we have jeff samuelson and um and then miss Potratz and i was wondering if you could just introduce yourselves and uh tell us a little bit about um what christian life resources and maybe maybe we'll start with bob um what is christian life resources and then tell us a little bit about um about your ministry and and then we'll kind of go around the table
1: okay the um the way to think of christian life resources today is to think of it as kind of a christian think tank on Uh, some of the complicated life and family issues of our time. We originally started off just looking at the abortion issue and then pretty soon we expanded into birth control and then we expanded into assisted suicide. And now we have probably um, well over 50 issues that uh, we get asked uh, to comment on. We do a lot of help for the laity, but most of my assistance uh, is focused on pastors Uh, I do a lot of presenting at pastor's conferences, uh, teaching at the seminary and so forth, Uh, just on the latest, uh, the things that are going on in bioethics and how we can uh, use them as bridges to talk about Jesus. But we were started uh, with some pregnancy care centers back in the late 70s, and in 1983, we formed a national organization, and uh, we changed our name to Christian Life Resources in 1998, and then... In 1993, we started New Beginnings, a home for mothers, and that's our home for single mothers in Milwaukee. And uh, so we've got a lot going on.
0: Yeah, it sounds like I I hadn't realized that uh, you've had a a home for mothers for that long. Um, That's uh, definitely an avenue where we need a lot of insight because, I mean, it. Correct me if I'm wrong, um, and maybe we should talk a little bit about um, about your background and biography before we get into the actual topics today. Um, like, when did you graduate seminary, and, and where have you served, and how did how did you end up at CLR, and uh, and then we'll kind of go around the table.
1: Okay. Well, I um, I came. I, I always like to reference myself as one abnormally born. Uh, <laughs> to quote scripture, and that is the. Uh, I came through. Um, I grew up in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. And then I came through Bethany Lutheran College and then came over to the seminary and graduated in 1983. I was assigned to Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Plymouth, Wisconsin. But already when I was a student at Bethany, I got involved in life issues, stayed involved when I got to Good Shepherd in Plymouth. I was asked to edit their newsletter for this group that was officially formed in 1983. Uh, When I was at the seminary, I was at that forming meeting they asked if I would edit their newsletter and then uh, serve advisory to the board and eventually became chairman of the board in 1988. I was called full-time to be the national director. So it's been a, it's been a long journey already. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's fantastic. And uh, and Jeff, if my understanding is correct, you're one of the, the newer members there at CLR.
2: Yeah, I'm the relatively new Director of Ministry Advancement here at Christian Life Resources. It just started last April, so it's uh, coming on a year now, which is amazing to me. Um, Yeah, and uh, prior to that, I was a pastor at uh, Christ Lutheran Church in Clarksville, Maryland uh, for almost 21 years, Uh, and I was assigned there straight out of seminary in, in 2000. Um, I guess I'm somewhat abnormally born as well, in that I'm a second career pastor. Um, oh, I got right. my i am uh, grew up in Libertyville, Illinois, uh, the uh, north northeast suburbs of uh, uh, Chicago, and uh, got my uh, bachelor's degree in political science from Washington University in St. Louis. And then um, after that, I uh, did what I had gone to school planning to do, I got into the U.S. Foreign Service uh, with the U.S. State Department, and I served there for five years, uh, two of which I spent in Singapore and two of which I spent in uh, Bogota, Colombia. I was a consular officer at our embassies in, uh, in those two places. But uh, yeah, while I was in Bogota and shortly after I'd gotten married, um, uh, pretty much was convinced that what I really wanted to be when I grew up was a pastor, and <laughs> so I... Um, Came back to the United States with my pregnant wife, very pregnant wife, and uh, went back to school, and uh, and you know uh, through the pastor um, pastoral studies uh, program, and uh, um, as I said, graduated in two thousand. But um, life issues have, have been a big uh, part of my life uh, from from early on. Um, the church organ, you know, the the congregation that was uh, where um, the first group which became wells lutherans for life which became christian life resources was centered in my home congregation and my my parents were both very involved with that and so i was very attuned to the issues and one of the reasons i had studied political science was because life issues were something that that you know mattered to me so uh, it was uh, coming together a lot of things uh, when i received the call uh, to come here and work for clr
0: wonderful and then the uh... The last voice we have with us today is Krista Potratz. Um, and yeah, <laughs> you're the one who kind of set up the scheduling for us and it sounds a little that sort of thing. But um, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do with Christian Life Resources.
3: Sure. I'm the oddball here in that I'm not a pastor <laughs> and a, a lady, too. But I, I contact, I am a mom of four and i contacted bob probably about just over a year ago and i really was at a point in my life where i wanted to volunteer and do a little bit more for the church and for specifically for just a ministry that i was was passionate about and i had heard about christian life resources and so I connected with Bob and said, oh, I'd be interested in volunteering. And so right away, he he got back to me and said, that's great. Why don't you start by reading all the articles on our website? And uh, there are probably about a thousand articles <laughs> on the Christian Life Resources oh, website. And so <laughs> it was while I was reading the articles and no, I never finished reading them all that i uh just thought well bob have you ever thought about doing a podcast before and he said that he had thought about it but time was always an issue because he said he was pretty busy and i didn't know bob very well at the time but now i can attest that that is 100% 100% accurate. Uh, there is just so much going on. And so uh, so then that really became my volunteer opportunity. And he entertained the idea of the podcast, so that I had free range to look into it and everything. And then it was shortly after that, that Jeff Samuelson came on board too and so it just really became a good kind of natural collection of of the three of us to to do this podcast.
2: That's Why don't wonderful. You say something about your background too.
3: Oh, about my background.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, I <laughs> I graduated with Conslutrin College uh, back in 2006. And then from there I went to Taichung, Taiwan and taught English two years through Kingdom Workers. And then after that, I got married, lived in Austin, Texas for a while, went to grad school for public health, worked and then came to Germantown, Wisconsin and have lived here ever since. And then just started having more and more kids And (laughs) and it's great and it's wonderful. Um, And that became a stay-at-home mom. And I really viewed my time being a stay-at-home mom as just a, a time too that I could volunteer and and give back a little bit. And so I had always volunteered with my community but and and church. But then really I think when COVID hit and everything, just really thinking, okay, refocusing a little bit and how can I really serve what what can I really do? So well,
0: that's wonderful. Yeah, and it's a little bit cooler up there in Germantown than down in Austin. So I guess... Um... <laughs> uh,
3: yes. <laughs> but the people so, in
0: Austin think they're cooler. It's <laughs> <yeah. laughs> true. That's true. So I guess I think the, the first question, like the first thing that comes to mind... Um, F- after hearing a little bit more of the history of Christian life resources as well is how does how do we go from an organization of a you know small congregation or a group of congregations talking about abortion to where we're at today because it looks like the the abortion discussion was like the issue the you know life issue for a good 15 20 years and now um, you go to your website Right. And there's just menu after menu, and you know, like like Krista said, over a thousand articles there on on a wide variety of topics. Like, how do we get here, both organizationally, but then culturally?
1: Well, the um, I think we have to blame perhaps Pastor uh, the late Pastor James Schaefer, who was the editor of the uh, Old Northwestern Lutheran, uh, because when we got on board, when we formed in '88 and we literally were just dealing with the abortion issue. The charge that was given to me was to try to, to kind of wrap the, the dozen or so centers we had together get them uniform, you know, standardize things. And what, what began to happen is that every time somebody would call the Senate building and say, what's our position on? And then you fill in the blank. He would say, well, we have an organization in our church body that deals with these things. And, and of course they would call <laughs> us. and. So one thing kind of led to another, and, uh, but I do I do remember in, um, I got on board in July 1st of 1988, and I would say within six weeks, um, uh, we were being asked to start talking about birth control, whether, you know, um, if it's right or wrong, hormonal versus uh, other artificial forms of birth control, those kinds of things, and that was a major study topic. And then Jack Evorkian uh, assisted with Janet Atkins and ending her life, and that was in 1990. And so that began assisted suicide, and then everything just kind of snowballed from there. And uh, so today that's what we do. And I, um, so I'm adjunct at the the seminary where I teach a course on bioethics and pastors and also bioethics and end-of-life, and then I'm adjunct at Concordia where I teach uh, a master's certificate course in bioethics and biotechnology, so we begin to talk about um, transhumanism. We talk about, uh, you know, uh, genetically altered crops, genetically altered people, uh, those kinds of things. So it just it just kind of kept growing out of necessity.
0: Yeah, and and that that necessity, like it it seems to me like the necessity has it like hit a, tur- a turning point or a tipping point, and then just kind of blossomed. And what happened? Um, like, how did it become such a great need culturally? Like, especially among people that we you know live with or relatives that now have a lot of questions um, and that are coming to our congregations and saying, you know, what do I deal with? How do I answer this, Pastor? Like, culturally, how did we get here? <laughs>
1: well, the I think, and, and I can look at it more historically looking back than I think I realize it at the moment, but looking back, everyone really gets into the ideology of, Various issues. You know, ideologically, we're pro life. We can't imagine destroying an unborn baby. Um, Theologically, however, uh, CLR makes a very big deal out of the fact that uh, every life issue is a bridge ministry. In other words, um, you're going to talk to us about an unexpected pregnancy, but we're going to use it as a bridge to talk about Jesus. You're going to call me about how do we take care of grandma? Do we put a resuscitation order on her? Uh, But we're going to talk about that as a bridge to talk about jesus and that's really how um it's probably evolved into that kind of an organization so when we brought on jeff um, last april um we brought jeff on really as a program guy to to learn these issues and you know we had had experience with him on the board as a, a board member and good thinker and a good way to start it out and you have to have a certain amount of fortitude not to be drawn in emotionally so strongly into the issues that you begin to lose sight Mm-hmm. Of what you're all about, and um, so we make a good one-two punch yeah. uh, that way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and to, just to add something to what Bob was saying in, in answering your question is, uh, just we we tend to want to view each issue, particularly if it's an issue that has come up in my, you know my particular life and my situation right now. Kind of, we want them to, to view this in isolation. It's like, oh, okay, well, you know, I I now have this sudden situation where I have to decide what to do with, with, with dad who's in the hospital and the doctors are telling, you know, it's, it might be the end, you know, so, but really, you know, the time to be dealing with that, you know, preparing for that is, is way back and saying, okay, well, what does scripture have to say about, you know, life, you know, and, and, you know, uh, the stewardship of life and, and health and things like that. And basically the point being that everything's connected, you know, we, we mm-hmm. start with, you know, the fundamental principle from scripture that, that God is the one with, the sole right and authority to decide you know uh, you know the the beginning of life and the termination of life and, and everything in between as the psalmist sets our times my times are in your hands oh lord um when we start from that we begin to realize that all of these issues are connected whether we're talking about stem cell research or uh euthanasia or you know various forms of medical aid and dying you know assisted suicide or um health or bioethics i mean they they all all are connected in the same way to these basic principles of of life and uh, you know we can see the connection here at clr because we deal with these Uh, a lot of the people you know you know people in the pews at your churches or just out in society in general they tend not to see how everything actually is connected
0: yeah yeah i think that that makes a lot of sense um that it's I think the word that I that I used in a sermon a while back, you know, with some explanation, was was a worldview. Like, how do you how do you see the world around you? What are the, the lenses with which you view, view the world? And I think um, even Bob touched on that a little bit when we talked about um, not getting emotionally drawn into into these topics too much and been, being able to look at them logically. Um, and so then, you know, from from your perspective at uh, Christian Life Resources. Um, Especially for people with kids in like late grade school, like sixth grade through like 10th grade, you know, late grade school into early high school, what are some of the uh, the biggest challenges that that you see um, especially
1: there? Well they certainly on the, um well, Krista might be able to know better about that because her children are <laughs> in school. My, my children have children, so. They're not
3: sixth grade yet. <laughs>
1: and I've, I've got a couple of grandkids that are up in that age category now. And, um, but, you know, a lot of times, the um, well, again, you know, I always try to, I, my experience has, has been, Peter, that, that all of life is a pendulum swing. And that is, it always seems like when society goes wrong, they really want to go wrong. And then when we want to correct it, we really like overcorrect it. And as a result, we and I, I point this out often, that is, you're either building a bridge or you're building a wall. No matter what you're saying, what you're talking about. And you've got to ask yourself when you're done when you're done with it, did you build a wall or did you build a bridge? So a lot of times, you know, we we try to create, you know, students as a society we try to create students to think for themselves and so forth. Stand, you know, embrace who you are—that kind of stuff. But the problem is, is that they're always thinking horizontally. They're not thinking vertically about their relationship with God. They're—they're—they're they're, they're taught to think, well, what's going to get me ad? What's going to make me happy in this life? And the reality is, this life ends. And um, you know, what we have within the Christian community is the unique message that you know we can look at the issues. And we can translate it within the context of our eternity because of Christ. And um, and so whether whether you're in you know fifth grade, sixth grade, middle school, or you get into the university level, um, you get a lot of people who who begin to start riding this train to accomplish all they can in the world, and give them 70 years, 80 years, and um, it's done. And yet uh, as Christians, we know it's not done. Yeah. I've,
2: I've only been going around to congregations, you know, spe- you know preaching and, and pre- presenting since uh, last September. Um, but already I, I've had, you know, more than a few comments about, um, you know, we're, we're really glad to hear somebody talking about this, you know, or we're not used to hearing that addressed. And, you know, I, I'm by no means saying that to criticize, you know, the churches, you know, that I've been, you know, presenting it, it's simply making the point that, you know, these issues are things that tend not to come up, and we tend to be uncomfortable speaking about many of them, precisely because they are uh, counter to the culture, and we're in, and and that's precisely why as parents, and I, I say even as grandparents, we need to be uh, conscious and deliberate about educating our children about these things, and, and not just in the sense of, well, we're going to make sure that you know in pastor's confirmation class he talks about this with the kids uh, you know th- this is something that you know you talk about around the dinner table you know like um, you know there's a, a, a bill that just passed the uh, legislature in Florida uh, that's going to uh, outlaw abortions to be passed I think it's 16 weeks 15 weeks, 15 weeks. weeks. Um, you know that's in the news so use that as an opportunity to talk to your kids about abortion and and why it is that it's such a a horrible thing and why we're opposed to it and want to do everything we can to to keep people from being in a position where they're even going to be you know seeking that out as a as a as an option um you know this is important for <clears throat> every age group but particularly when we're talking about our kids and trying to set them on a course for life um you know we need to educate we need to talk about these things um you know prepare them to talk about it from a strictly secular point of view but um you know give them the the Christian foundation as well.
1: Well, and one of the things too, um, Peter, I was in, um, I was in Alabama Sunday and Monday. And uh, while I was uh, Monday, I met with the circuit and one of the pastors had pointed out, you know, well, don't we learn about all this stuff at the seminary? You know, we, we, we talk about, you know, where where God's word stands on a lot of these issues and we do. Um, But I pointed out to him, I said, we fill in the gaps, we fill in the missing pieces for example, in the big dispute about, you know, um, gay issues and so forth, and, and you know, a lot of times when you're reading in the newspaper, you know, they don't make a distinction between biological intersex condition and gender dysphoric issues, and there is a distinction. It's an a, an important and a defining distinction, but but they don't talk about that. And then I I pointed out uh, I said, uh, you know, one of the questions that I always get is, uh, and I actually got this at the seminary from one of the professors was is it in the water well that's actually not completely crazy if you understand the science and what is in the water you know and um, but but it doesn't make it right it, the point is is that there there are a lot of other uh, understandings of it so what what we do here at CLR is you know Jeff and I focus on the issues we, we read on and we we talk back and forth about them we kind of dissect them and we try to to get past a lot of the fluff. Like, how many times have you read in the paper about stem cell research? And they never really tell you are they talking embryonic stem cell research, induced pluripotent stem cell research, uh, cord blood stem cell research, adult or somatic uh, stem cell research? You don't know. And so everyone begins to think of it as one lump thing where they want to tell you they're not all the same, they're very different. And then Chris is the one who helps us get it out onto the out onto the airwaves through our podcast. Yeah, yeah
0: definitely. And and that's where I wanted to go next because I don't want to leave you out of the conversation. I mean, we could, I we I don't know about you, but we could talk like life issues or or doctrine like all day. I love this stuff. Uh, but but from my perspective, um, and we just we just went through a merger here in the Toledo area where another church merged with ours. And um, during the, the days and months leading up to that, um, I said to the congregation, you know, what we really need is our congregations member, congregation members in the Word of God, because individual Christians make for strong families, and strong families make for strong congregations. Uh, so kind of coming around to Krista then, where um, with that emphasis on teaching our children and introducing them to you know, clear thinking on some of these difficult topics, In an age-appropriate fashion. (laughs) I guess my question would be first of all as a parent today how does parenting your children feel like it compares to the world that you grew up in and then we'd follow that up with um, specific you know concerns or or helps for helping these children understand that in an at an age-appropriate level. I've got those written down, so you don't have to remember that. So the first part would be like understanding, you know, parenting today um, versus the world you grew up in and, and how that's kind of different.
3: Yeah. I think a really big difference, obviously, is technology. And that is just very different than the world that I grew up in. I grew up where... Uh, the internet was just starting. <laughs> and where, I, I mean, I still remember getting my first email account and that being a big thing. And I was in high, high school when Napster was big. <laughs> and so that <laughs> that was just my uh, very, the, the beginning of that. And so a lot of my childhood, when I specifically remember the ages that my kids are at now, which the older ones are six and eight, that is is just different than what it was when I was younger, too. And then also that complicates it a little bit more are the, the life issues and the difference of that, too, because I remember I went to public high school and I remember even in middle school, too, having some uh, gay friends and that type of thing. Um, but that was still all just a little a little different at that time too. I mean it, it wasn't as popular as it is now, just being your true self, right? That's a, a phrase we always hear now. And so and I have even encountered um, with my children now having friends um, that have just, gender identity issues already at these young ages too and that is something that I did not experience when I was eight years old and so that that is just a a a big difference now so I just feel like a lot of these things with just the way my kids are growing up now a lot of these issues that were maybe kind of just coming out are are just different now with kids. And I think that uh, I always remember too, a friend of mine, just when I was in high school saying, um, you know, like, oh, like our parents don't understand us, right? Typical <laughs> high school talk. And that our parents, what like what we're experiencing now as 16 year olds, they were experiencing as 26 year olds, right? And so that we were just experiencing that younger. And I feel that that is what it is with my children too that just some of the things that they're exposed to and going to be exposed to are maybe things that i wasn't exposed to until later in life
2: and it's pretty much impossible to keep them from being exposed to it
3: right right yeah i know i mean you know you can have a neighbor down you you can homeschool your children and have a neighbor down the street whose five-year-old is transitioning i mean how you that you like you can't you can't stop that. I mean, you can't you can't stop the exposure of that uh-huh. to your children. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and and I think you know philosophically as as a parent, you know, our our approach is um, it's kind of like a greenhouse idea, where we want to provide provide enough protection and safety in this area, but so that they they can grow and you know get some strong roots in, in what they believe, um, but also knowing that there is a time when you'll have to be, you know, living in the field and um, so that you're ready for that. Um, But, and then I guess that was the second part of my question. Um, Any, any specific concerns um, as you go through the early stages of childhood um, or any specific helps (laughs) or not to (laughs) say tips or or hacks, because there's no no such thing as a a hack for parenting, but, um, you know, practices that that help the family to stay grounded, but also um, understand, you know, my child in my class said he or she, he's now a she or, you know, fill in the blank. Um, understand some of these things that that they're gonna have to deal with.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah obviously, I think in the home, um, for sure, just the added concentration on God's Word and, um, and everything and praying, and talking about Bible stories and things in the home too. Um, And then even just taking that a step further and really explaining things to the children, like why we do things a certain way. Um, So I tell a story um of my daughter came home the other day my six-year-old with one of these uh jojo suya bows and, um, and I don't <laughs> Bob and Jeff here have no idea what I'm talking about. So all right, okay, you too. All right. So anyway, she is a, um, <laughs> she is a pop singer and she is very big with uh, younger kids too. Um, and a lot of you know identity and everything. But a year and a half ago she came out as a lesbian. And she was on Dancing with the Stars uh, with a female partner. Her. and so uh, all this of course my six-year-old doesn't know and I don't want her to know <laughs> any of that either too but she comes you know with this bow and she's asking who this person is and everything and uh, because the the singer has a big line of bows too that's part of her, her merchandise and so then I... I, I talked to, started talking to my six-year-old and I told her a little bit, you know, like, oh, well, this, because she asked, who, who is she? And I said, well, she is a singer and a dancer. And my son was there luckily he was wearing his Aaron Rodgers jersey too and I said well you know just like your brother likes Aaron Rodgers for his football and for his football ability um, you know you you can like somebody too for their singing and their dancing and I mean to a certain point right entertainment but um, but I really also wanted to emphasize that these are not at all spiritual role models and so that while we we can like Aaron Rodgers for football and we can like you know somebody cuz they're a good singer and dancer uh, the most important thing is our relationship with God and our love for Jesus and as far as i know these people don't have that and so just to re- to reiterate that the most important thing is is that and so i think that is just a a real practical way and that honestly i conversation like that uh, are getting more and more frequent in our family too and so just not I mean of course like my husband just wants to burn the bow like we're not having any of that in in the house (laughs) but I I know too that that isn't going to stop my very strong-willed daughter uh, from asking questions and so we have to be able to answer questions um, but we also just really need to make sure that we come at it with uh, an approach that that answers the questions, but also um, gives them fuel to for why we are saying what we're saying.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, trying to um, trying to balance. An understanding of, you know, I like Aaron Rodgers for his football ability. I would take his advice on how to throw a football, um, yeah. but we don't want our, our young sons or our teenage sons one day to take his advice on dating or on, or on religion, because you look to the expert on that, and that's you know, Jesus Christ. Exactly. Um, and yeah, we're bumping up about, you know, just over half an hour here already, and I, you know, thank you for your time. Um, I guess, you know, we'll probably we like wrap talk- up. <laughs> oh, I I know somebody like that too. <laughs> but as, as we kind of wrap up today, um, it's kind of a two part con- two part question, as most of mine are. Um, how do you? How can we help Christian Life Resources help our congregations, and how can our congregations help Christian Life Resources? Well, the yeah. The,
1: the thing I would say is, you know, and this ties in a little bit with, with your questions uh, for Krista, and that is the, you know, uh, study after study that's consistent. Whether I was a child, or now being much older than a child, the uh, study after study has always demonstrated the profound influence that parents have on the on their children. You know, the uh, uh, when parents live consistently. Um, with their faith, it does rub off on their children. You know, the um, the prodigal uh, child is more the exception to the rule than the rule. They do follow in step. Doesn't mean life is perfect. It means, uh, though, they understand. You know, this is a Christ-centered home. the um, The kind of resources that we provide at at CLR, um, are are very oriented towards adults. They just are because these are these are hard issues, but. You know, every adult forms an opinion and on everything. I always say that we're all experts uh, on one thing, and that is our opinion. You know, even if our opinion is factually wrong, we're still an expert on it because we know what our opinion is. I, I think as parents uh, and as adults in the congregation, we have to ask ourselves, where do we draw our, our information for forming an opinion? You know, if all you're gonna do is watch Fox News or MSNBC um, you're going to get a certain flavor of an opinion, but it's not going to be painted with the broad broad brush of scripture. You know, and so I, I always try to encourage people that when you encounter a topic, uh, and it goes back to what Jeff said when he said, you know, how many times he's already heard in, the, in the, the short time he's been with us, how many times he's heard, oh, it's good to hear somebody talking about these issues. Well, what that really is, is that um, these are issues around us all the time. And if you're going to form an opinion, you, you form it by reading our material. So, to get to the point of your question. You know, congregations can help by, you know, every congregation that does this little thing on their, their website, links to other other agencies. Put a link to the CLR webpage. You know, that's, um, if we've got a thousand um, articles there, and uh, Krista didn't even see all the ones we took off. The, uh, <laughs> but if we have a thousand articles there, the, um, um, that would be a good place to start. That'd be a good place to, just to kind of, and then you start sending in questions and people send in questions to us and we usually try to answer them within 24 hours, you know, on different things or we point them to another resource. But, but the point is, is that um, we're, we're trying, this is where the church would help too, is don't get sucked in by the issue, get sucked in by the overall mission. And that is our prime directive to use a Star Trek terminology our prime directive is to evangelize the world. So, you know, no matter what controversial life or family or political issue, whatever you want to talk about, let's try to encapsulate it within the context of talking about our mission to share Jesus. And it's amazing how that helps (laughs) to get through some of this.
0: Definitely. And I think uh, I mentioned before we started recording, we'd love to uh, host, um, host one of you here for Mission Festival, hopefully in February of, of next year. Um, and the, the roads are normally clear in Ohio. Like, Ohio winter is basically, um, you have to wear a jacket when you mow the lawn.
1: <laughs>
0: and uh, as long as you can get through Indiana, we'd love to have you here in Toledo. Um, I guess that uh, that's going to wrap us up today. For those who are listening, I do. I will put the links down in the show notes. So you can check out their website, and I will add a link to our website where you can check out Christian Life Resources. And um, maybe we'll conclude with Jeff and or Krista talk a little bit about the podcast and where uh, the Life Challenges podcast can be found. I'll I'll let Krista do that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so the podcast is just a great way for us to talk about these life issues just in a conversation type of form. And so we can, uh, usually it's me just asking questions. Um, But recently too, we've added quite a few guests to our podcast. And that's been really something fun to do as well. And so um, sometimes it's people that have gone through different challenges in life. Um, Other times it's people that work in a specific area, dealing with these different life challenges or issues. And so that has just been, another another resource too, just these conversations that we can have with other people. And so you can find the podcast. It's called the Life Challenges Podcast. And it is available on wherever you would hear podcasts. Apple, Google, i iTunes um, wherever at Spotify. And you can also uh, get the podcast too through our website, which is lifechallenges.us. And that is uh, will also connect you to the Christian Life Resources page, which is christianliferesources.com.com. Yeah, I
2: just also mention that through either of those, um, if people have questions or comments that they want want us to consider or discuss. Please send them in. People haven't been doing a lot of that yet,
0: so we're encouraging <laughs> that.
3: Yeah, and we will answer them on the podcast. So
0: <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, I I thank you so much for your time, and uh, you know this really, at least for me, and it sounds like for for some of you as well, <laughs> probably all of you, it kind of hit that sweet spot of we get to you know talk about podcasting a little bit. Uh, talk about theology and, uh, and Jesus and talk about how do we apply you know, that word of Jesus um, to the challenges of everyday life in today's world.